You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, we are live. Minor Talk is here, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Wow, UTEP defeats Liberty today in a dominating fashion. 67-51 has your opinion. Let's just rip the Band-Aid off right away. Has your opinion on this basketball team changed over these two road victories right here? Uh, First road sweep for UTEP basketball since 2022 when they beat Southern Miss and La Tech. This is also the first time Liberty has lost in this fashion by this much. Uh, this is a 16-point loss for the Flames. Most they've lost in a single game since the 2019 season when they lost to Lipscomb by 20 points. So Miners uh, not only win, but kill Liberty on the road in a dominating fashion despite that 12-0 run that happened in the second half. Sal, uh, UTEP was able to uh, hold off the Flames, and you got to commend the Miners. They uh, came in hot. They were ready to go. And uh, Corey Camper Jr., what a performance by him. Zid Powell, he played great as well. And the Miners get a huge win on the road. Do you believe, are you on the glass half full right here with UTEP basketball? Oh my gosh, Adrian. It's hard to tell, man, because we we asked for for a repeat performance in terms of execution, and they did that. They got, um, I'll, I'll look at the exact numbers right now, but I know it was either at or near double digits when it comes to field goals uh, made more than uh, than Liberty tonight and they had more field goals made in their last game as well. Finishing at the cup uh, you, you want to see them be aggressive and use that athleticism. Now they're finally able to um, you know to convert those attempts into buckets and that's been huge. They're, they're um, solid again in transition. Of course we can nitpick and, and look at some things here and there but all in all they um, despite that drought that they had able to uh, to remain focused on the task at hand and, and execute. You see them play with the sense of urgency, but but calmness in it in the final what five six minutes. So you got to give them credit, man. And yeah. so I'm not answering the question. No, I'm with <laughs> you on that. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to go all the way back in on this team. It's hard to think this way, knowing that coming into this week they went on a four game losing streak, and right now they're just playing loose. They're playing with the high potential. They're playing with the upside that you saw earlier this season in their wins against UC Santa Barbara and their home win against Wyoming. Alberto Retta is our third member of our broadcast team here tonight. Uh, UTEP defeated Liberty 67-51. If you'd like to talk about it, 915-505-6009. Alberto, you got a chance to watch this one uh, for the Miners, led for almost 39 minutes of this game, uh, really never looking back in this game and holding on to a victory. How did you see this one? Yes, yeah, is a really dominant performance, you know, kind of the, the second one in a row here for the Miners to kind of get out of that uh, cold streak that they were in. And it's something we really like to see right before conference play, just kind of signs of life, you know, four guys getting into double digits. That's that's phenomenal to see. Guys getting to the boards, that's another really good thing to see. And, you know, just to me is, is my biggest takeaway is, you know, when this team's back was against the wall, they didn't, they didn't just die. They had, what, three games left? They easily could have... Uh, hung it up and, and called it quits and said, hey, man, uh, the ones uh, that are going to be back next year, we'll, we'll give it another go next year. And the guys that aren't, we'll 
sorry that this year didn't turn out. But no, these guys are still fighting. So I really like to see that because a lot of fans and even us were really counting them out, especially for this one. I I myself said they were going to get swept and they didn't. So I'm eating my words right now and I'm saying it like a man. I made a mistake. These guys are are playing good basketball right now. So we all made mistakes on this one, Alberto. I mean, I picked them to lose back to back on the road. Sal picked them to lose back to back on the road. We all did. Uh, I don't think anybody here in this room actually thought that UTEP would win one of these games on the road, let alone two. So the back, the back-to-back wins right here, that's a building block for the Miners going into the final stretch of the season. Let's review the Conference USA standings. If anybody would like to weigh in on the show, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number. Uh, we got some um, standings updates. We also have a lot of posts to read on Twitter and X. But let's go over to the Conference USA standings right now. As it stands, the Miners are currently the the sixth seed. They went into the week the eighth seed, so they've done a little bit of uh, a, you know nice work to move up the standings this week. Jacksonville State they won today, or excuse me, they lost today. Uh, New Mexico State won. FIU won. Um, New Mexico State, they are eighth in the conference right now. FIU is ninth in the conference. Both those teams, it looks like they will probably be the eighth, ninth seed. I don't want to say that's a lock, but it almost feels like that right now. Uh, Jacksonville State, they've got uh, Sam Houston on the road. And if Sam Houston looks at that game against Jacksonville State, they want to win because they want a chance at winning the first overall seed in CUSA. They can get a bye in that first uh, or in that second game. Uh, so they're, they have a little bit of an incentive to actually beat Jacksonville State. What I'm saying is with the Miners being the sixth seed right now, having FIU on their docket to close out the season on Thursday, Miners, the worst that could pro- uh, possibly happen, they drop to maybe the seventh seed, knowing that FIU is their dead last at the ninth seed right now. And best case scenario if Liberty who has two games at home next week Liberty um, actually has a excuse me an away and then home game they've got first Middle Tennessee on Tuesday and then Western Kentucky um, best case scenario for the Miners, they actually uh, overlap or actually go over, excuse me, the Liberty Flames. The Flames drop two of those games. That's the best case scenario, right? Six and ten would be what the Flames end up in conference play. Meanwhile, the Miners getting a win against Florida International on Thursday. That would move them up to seven and nine in conference USA. That would mean they get bumped up to about the five seed. Liberty would get bumped back to the six seed. And if that's the case, Case, the Miners would get a chance to play Middle Tennessee in that first round matchup. That's their upside right there. Fifth seed is their upside for the Miners this uh, conference uh, USA tournament stretch. However, if the Flames, who have beaten Middle Tennessee earlier this year and also uh, beaten Western Kentucky, um, you know, at points, actually they lost this earlier this year on the road, seventy to sixty-eight, but a tightly contested matchup. Point is, Liberty gets at least one of those victories right there. They get the head-to-head over the Miners because of their overall record. They're seventeen and twelve overall. Uh, if they split those games, even that'd mean they're eighteen and thirteen, still better than the Miners who. Right 
right now, 15 and 15. Win on Thursday, 16 and 15. Uh, Liberty would still get the edge over there. So what does that mean for the Miners? Either they play Middle Tennessee or they play Western Kentucky. Sal, as a matchup as matchup goes, who would you rather play right now if you're UTEP in the first round of the conference tournament? Uh, between Western and Middle? Yes. I would say uh, probably Middle Tennessee. I, I think the upside for Western Kentucky is there. Um, obviously, them only being 8-7 and seven in Conference USA, but 19-10 and 10 overall. They're disappointed. Uh, I mean, let's be real. They, the frustration for Hilltoppers fans is there. Minor fans think, um, you know, they, they should be a lot better than they've been this year. Nothing at all compared to the frustration of Western Kentucky fans. This was a Conference USA favorite going into last year, and then a Conference USA, um, you know, solid pick, I guess you could say, or a dark horse at the very least, considering the uh, the talent that was um, that was going to be there. So, um, no, I think the upside for Western is a lot higher. And the Miners battled with Middle Tennessee. I think they can uh, they can get it done against them. However, they did split against both. To your point, Sal, Western Kentucky was picked in the preseason poll third in Conference USA. So you're right. Fans are probably disappointed for the Hilltoppers knowing that, you know, even if they finish third overall yeah. in this league, it's probably not the upside of what they hope for. A wide open Conference USA with Sam Houston State ahead of them in the standings. Now on the other side, Middle Tennessee was picked to be first in the conference. They mm. are right now fourth in the league. They had a 12 and 16 or they're 12 and 16 overall. Most of that is largely part uh, or largely due to the fact that they came into conference play at 6 and 9 overall. They didn't have a great non-conference stretch and for Middle Tennessee, I think that's where their disappointment lies. They are 6 and 7, so right around 500 here uh, in conference play and we'll find out tonight if they end up beating Sam Houston State. We'll find out what happens in that matchup. They've got Liberty and Law Tech next week. Those are all tough games right there for Middle Tennessee. So uh, if the Miners catch the Blue Raiders here in the conference tournament, I actually like that matchup the yeah. best right there. I, I, you know, that's my matchup that I would like if if UTEP ends up playing them. A lot needs to end up happening for that to happen. You know, for that end up to you know that matchup to happen. But Sal, that's at least the one that I'm uh, eyeing right now. Yeah, and kind of just uh, just looking back when they took on Western Kentucky, the the game got away from them. Uh, when they were on the road, but they looked uh, they looked good and in control throughout the entire game at home. And the same could be said against Middle Tennessee. They route Middle at home and then uh, you know drop one in uh, Murfreesboro. So just considering the way that the games went and uh, you know recency bias, I do think that Middle Tennessee game, um, you know, just in terms of disappointment, uh, weighs heavier on the Miners. Obviously, they want revenge against whoever it is they would get, but sure. it's going to be a lot higher that revenge, you know, type of factor should be more so in the middle game. Hey, uh, speaking of Middle Tennessee right now, in this game, uh, it looks like in this matchup, Sam Houston State's going to run away with this one. They're up 58-48, 11 to go in this contest. Uh, it's at home for Sam Houston. Looks like they're going to win this matchup. So uh, you, you might see some slippage for Middle Tennessee also in the standings. Imagine this. After today, you could have Middle 6-8, and eight, Liberty 6-8, and eight, UTEP 6-9, and nine, Jack Jacksonville State six and nine, New Mexico State six and nine. What uh, a conference right here! I, I love it. Uh, th- 
this is just the way it's supposed to be, right? Not a lot of separation. Granted, it's it's not happening the way that a lot of people wanted. You would hate to see a bunch of six and eight, uh, you know, type of teams be in the mix, uh, you know, to ride that high hand going into Conference USA's uh, tournament. But nonetheless, I mean, if, if teams are clicking at the right time in what is essentially a one-bit league, that's what you got to hope No, 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 no. Let, Sal. It, we this is the most one bit. I was thinking this earlier today. Is, is there this the most one bit league? It, no, no. Is there is there ever been a time in conference USA basketball history where the league is more of a one bid league than this year? I mean, I don't remember a season where conference USA was this down or had this much parity uh, like this one right here. This season has really told us that you know there's not a, not only is it a one bid league. I don't know if it's ever been like this in this conference. I, I think Conference USA this year is a sword with the word parody on either end for both meanings. Parody, there's not a lot of separation, and then parody because it's it's a joke at times. What yes, are we watching? I like that. That's very true. Hey, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number. If you're glass half full for the minors right now, you're looking at that conference, you're listing those standings right there, and you believe that UTEP can actually have a chance in the conference tournament. If you're glass half empty, on the other hand, for UTEP basketball, you'll point out the fact that UTEP's been inconsistent all season long, and despite the back-to-back wins um you know how can you trust this team unless they actually string along multiple wins so three in a row if they do it on thursday they should do it on thursday um would be a step in the right direction for the binders in fact the only time they've won three or more games was to start off the season this year where they won five straight to open up the year so three to close out the season definitely a positive thing for the minors to try to accomplish uh i don't know how much that actually you know Know, what that actually means for the Miners going into the conference tournament. You look at the records with Jacksonville State, the team they beat on Thursday, same with Liberty, here the team they beat tonight, you know, that tells you a lot. But it also, I mean, it's a reflection of Conference USA. So there you go. Liberty beat the Miners earlier this year, 67-65 at home, and the Miners just skunked the Flames here on the road today. Let's go to Twitter or X, uh, 600 ESPN El Paso. By the way, our phone number, 915-505-6009. Aaron Peterson, this is the potential that we know the Miners had since they beat Cal. They just hadn't lived up to it. Let's win out the season and make some noise in the conference tourney. Hashtag Miner Talk. This is coming from Pinky. That was Zid Powell that has been missing since the Wyoming game at the Don Haskins Invitational. Hashtag Minor talk. This is coming from Tristan Pence. Did the miners travel to the Stranger Things upside down world? <laughs> Credit coach Joe Golding and the miners for stepping up this week. With a win against FIU next week, the miners could earn a seed in the conference tournament that'll give them a legit chance at a deep tournament run. Hashtag minor talk. This is coming from Pick My Axe 915. A 16 point win on the road? Because Could this be? team be catching fire really hesitant but let's see how they close out at home and yes pack the sun bowl on april 20th <laughs> hashtag minor talk i love it uh this is leo underscore minor fan he said great win uh is this intensity that they can sustain going into the third season of the year in the conference tournament um hashtag minor talk it's an interesting question can they keep up this intensity i mean look at what you saw you had a conference 
Conference USA Player of the Week caliber performance from Otis Frazier III in these two games. First, the career high on Thursday, and then the exciting performance tonight, the 11-point performance. Corey Camper Jr., he shrugs off zero points against Jacksonville State, scores a career-best 21 points. By the way, he scored 17 or 17 different times he scored 20 or more points at Tyler Junior College last year. So Corey Camper Jr., you see the upside in scoring tonight. I tweeted that out. Uh, but also you see the upside in Zid Powell and what he's able to do when he really goes down to the basket and head down and really uh, finds a way to score. So Sal, you know, if they do these things right, it's hard to beat the Miners. I mean, simply put. Yeah, and they were uh, they were taking good care of the ball pretty much all night. That gives them the ability to uh, to kind of slow things down. And we want to see more of a, of a half court offense um, in terms of being efficient there. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see when that gets going. But I think tonight, able to cash in and transition and do complementary things to their defense. That was big tonight. So Camper. A couple times, Adrian. Let me know if you saw it grabbing the board and pushing it down the floor. Yes, I, love I did it. see that. I yeah. did see that. Yes, and it was kind of like David Terrell. You know, T- uh, Terrell has this really nice knack of seeing opportunities to go fast um, offensively, speed things up on a possession, and just get the quick, easy bu- uh, bucket. And I thought Corey Camper Jr. saw a mismatch tonight and really took advantage of it. A uh, 21 point effort, career best for him at the, the Division one level and Corey Camper Jr. really showing what he could do uh, with extended minutes. This is coming in from Travis Allen Fortune. UTEP should be everyone's dark horse pick to win the Conference USA Tournament. Why not us? Hashtag Minor Talk. Steve on Wrestler. This is getting closer to the team that I imagined when they started 5-0. I haven't lost faith, but I but the standings don't lie. Hashtag Minor Talk. Manny David. He's checking in for the first time tonight. Someone pinch me. I must be dreaming. Another road win. How sweep it is. Keep the momentum, UTEP basketball. Finish strong at home and roll into Huntsville playing hot. Si se puede. Hashtag minor talk. This is coming from Leo underscore minor fan. Actually, this is coming in from Aaron Peterson. Looking at the whole season, you see a lot of the games that the minors could have and should have won. Because they show the potential tonight, still a very subpar season as a whole. But maybe some hope going into the conference tournament and next season. Hashtag minor talk. You know, I think Aaron brings up a really good point. Don't discredit, even Even if they get bounced out early in the conference tournament, whether it's the first or second round, don't discredit playing well to close out the season. That does a lot for you in terms of uh, overall morality, in terms of motivation going into the next season. Look, we know that this season is what it is, but if they have some of the nice uh, returning pieces coming into next year, I'm talking David Terrell Jr., Otis Frazier III, use that NIL money and tap into that to find some resources. Sal, you'd rather go into the offseason on a three-game win streak rather than talk about, oh, imagine, you know, or, oh, look at this UTEP team that lost uh, seven of their last eight to close out the year, which is what the reality could have been had they yeah. lost uh, these two games on the road this weekend. No, big time. And and to, to simplify it all, too, we could just kind of say, hey, when when the most important basketball needs to be played, 
do you want to be playing your best basketball at that exact same time? And, and if you could be doing that, no matter who you are, you're going to ride that momentum going into a, any conference tournament. We see it all over the nation, year in and year out. Some dark horse team catches fire, you know, middle of the pack. But final two games or so, they, they get rolling and nobody wants to play them. They're, they're going to be the tough out, um, you know, if, if you're playing like that. So we'll see if they can continue this. I, I think Senior Day is definitely going to tell us a lot. Are they still locked in? Obviously, it'll be an emotional day for for many reasons, but um, how locked in can they be? And do you want to ride the three-game win streak or two out of the last three, but you're coming off of a loss going into the tournament? So you you, you got to keep that at the forefront at all times. You know, it's crazy, Alberto, is this FIU game is like game of the year right here for the Miners. They absolutely have to win in terms of seeding uh, position. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I'll say this. Is they're uh, extremely fortunate that that's a home game and for guys like uh, Tay Hardy, they get to finish their career at least, you know, that last uh, regular season game, you get to finish it out at home. And, you know, the minor fans have an opportunity to fill out the home court and and create a hostile environment. You know, if if anyone was watching that game right now against Liberty, them fans in Liberty, they were, they filled out that stadium. And at one point when the minors went cold in the second half, um, the announcers said, you know, that the the the, the fans kind of felt themselves back in in, in that yeah, one, and they right. created an environment where the miners could have easily slipped. You know, they're an inexperienced team; they've fallen apart in the second half of games. So, if the miners can create a positive environment, you know, for their team, then then I feel like that'll be that'll give their their team the best chance to win, which is. All that you can ask, right? The no, that's exactly right. I mean, that's a really good point. You know, um, for the Miners going into this final game, I mean, they have the two-game, uh, you know, momentum, the back-to-back wins. That's obviously a good thing for this team closing out the season. So let's see what happens. I'm just curious to see uh, how that turnout looks. Like you mentioned, Alberta, I'm not that optimistic, just to be honest with you, knowing that um, the Miners have, uh, they, you know, they've they've had a lot of great promotions these past couple weeks. They've had a lot of great crowds when it comes to Saturday games, but the Thursday games are harder to fill. Uh, So like you said, let's hope at least for the senior night purpose, there's a a good turnout at the Haskins Center come Thursday. Steve Kaplowitz, uh, our very own, he tweeted into the program, in a season filled with inconsistencies and disappointment, UTEP men's basketball has put together back-to-back quality road performances at the right time. This group is finally playing with some momentum, Hashtag minor talk. All that matters in the league is the Conference USA Tournament. It's true. I mean, that's that uh, statement has never uh, rang more true than this year, this season right now, because of what the parity is in Conference USA. Um, this is coming in right now from, uh, this is now, uh, let's keep it moving, 915-505-6009. Edgar from Palo Verde Homes uh, at Krabby Minor. I'm a glass half full guy. What a difference a week makes. You UTEP men's basketball looked pretty damn good tonight. I thought the season was over, and now I'm back in. Happy to see other players contributing offensively. It's hard to guard a team who has four guys in double figures. Hashtag minor talk. That's true. I mean, it's a really good point by Edgar, and uh, that's very, I mean, I like that a lot. I just felt like those guys, those pesky Liberty players, Sal, they just kind of needed some uh, some team like UTEP to just bully them, and I thought the miners just did 
did a good job bullying this team, uh, finding the mismatches in this one, and just scoring it, finding ways to score, but actually doing it, accomplishing it, and having success on the offensive side, shooting 53% from um, from the field and then 40% from the three-point line, Yeah, they, three-point range. They, they were able to, uh, to be efficient all night, and I think uh, what was telling in the last game is Liberty shot lights out in the first half when they first met in the, uh, I was going to say the Sun Bowl, in the Haskins Center, and UTEP kind of had to adjust and, and play along with that at times. However, tonight, Liberty able to make shots here and there, but not as frequently as they did before, so you, you got to give credit to the minor defense, and also not not being scared. I think uh, Coach Golding mentioned it, how they were kind of switching a lot more in the last game, and, and this time they trusted the process on defense. In turn with that, you're able to um, to kind of bleed out each possession, making sure that the that the um, the squeeze uh, the juice is worth the squeeze necessarily on offense. So efficient tonight, Adrian. Not not killing themselves with uh, with silly turnovers as well, and able to keep that momentum sustained tonight. Nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. That's our telephone number. Six hundred ESPN El Paso on Twitter and six hundred ESPN El Paso online at six hundred ESPN El Paso dot com. Uh, David Corral Jr. Where has this effort been all season? Keep it up. That's what he says. This is coming in from Trey Chauvin. Great coaching scheme by Golding by not letting Liberty get open three-pointers. Made them work for everything. It must be March. Uh, This is coming in from uh, King Eric. I think I speak for everyone when I ask, where was this the beginning of the season? Well, actually, Eric, this was there the beginning of the season. And Alberto, the Miners started off the year 5-0, and but they ta- you know, they tailed off a little bit. And to close out non-conference play, they were 9-7, and which was a little disappointing to fans who loved the way that they started the year. And then in conference play, they dipped to as low as 4-9 and on the season in this league. Uh, they lost four straight going into this week on the road so the fact that they were able to get two road wins um, you know in enemy territory Jacksonville State Liberty granted those aren't the cream of the crop in the league but still I would agree with what Steve said earlier it's quality road wins knowing how bad this team has been on the road all season long yeah um, you know um, their play on the road that was a a big um it was really what made us question how far this minor team would go, but they string two, two road wins together right before they go on the road in that conference tournament, and that gives us some hope. But you know what? You know what? It's the way the way they win these ball games. You know, in this one, they forced they had what thirty eight points in the paint. They they forced a lot of rebounds, a, a lot of turnovers. Had twenty three points off of those turnovers. So I think that playing this defensive ball and then now having your offense kick in. In, in the latest stages of the season when it matters most, that's phenomenal. Yeah. And, and that's what they need They need the most. They need that defense to continue to, to be um, yeah. disruptive and, and create turnovers, and, and the offense hopefully kicks in, in in this last couple stages. Chris tweets into the program at AYYY8. Adrian, you owe that one caller an apology for doubting that we could win two or three uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, I definitely do. I never thought this would <laughs> actually all, happen. Yeah. We all owe that call her an apology uh dylan at dylan ukidi our pal 
Uh, UTEP was up 20 when he tweeted this. Liberty scored a two a little while after. I'm just glad that UTEP proved me wrong and we won in this game. Uh, this is coming in from Leo again, underscore minor fan. As great as the performance was tonight, they have to continue to prove themselves one game at a time. Hashtag keep the confidence and intensity. Hashtag season three begins soon. Hashtag conference tournament. Do you like that way? The way that he talks about it that way. Uh, season three, talking about the conference tournament. There, Sal. It's true. You kind of have the non-conference season. You have the uh, you know the conference season that stretch of the year, and then the conference tournament season. What do you think about that? Uh, it, it's a cool way to look at it, depending on uh, the type of season that you've had. And I think for this season, it's it's definitely fitting. You start off the the non-conference slate, albeit there were some games that were not uh, not against Division One teams, but you, you're five and zero at that point, and then you know ride it off into the record goal for going for a conference play, and then middle of the um, you know Act Two, I guess I think of it as Act. So Act Two of this uh, UTEP basketball play for the 2023-24 season Conference USA play, but um, Act Three is going to be the the finale. How are you going to do that? And are you good enough to get an encore for Act 4? Ooh, I like it. I like that right there. Um, Golding was talking about the whole why not us mantra, uh, saying there's a lot of belief and motivation in the locker room. He's really proud of the guys on how they responded. Um, Saying, you know, on the Corey Camper 21-point game, saying that he needed, you know, that everybody needs a wake-up call at times, and he's proud of him on how he responded. I like that quote. I also like the way that he uh, talked about Kevin Callu, said that he set the tone for the defense tonight also um joe golding highlighted liberty's run in this uh win for the miners liberty went on like a 12-0 run in the second half and utep responded with a 6-0 run of their own and he credited the team for answering liberty's punch i thought that was huge for utep because you know everybody in this entire utep fan base the people who cover it like us in the media uh the people on the team the coaches the players they all know that when the opponents get on a run, that's when it really tests UTEP. And more times than not, I think Alberto even hit on this earlier, Sal, more times than not, UTEP's fallen when other teams yes. go on runs. And in this game, they were just able to push past it and uh, you know preserve that win. Yeah, and it was uh, how they were able to kind of answer the bell pretty much all night. And in the first half, UTEP forced Liberty into a drought. Second half, Liberty goes on that 12-0 run, but check this out. That 12-0 run is sandwiched in between um, two AO runs by UTEP. So they yeah, outscored them by four in that point. So able to kind of, you know, counter it with whatever um, they were going to do on offense. And, and to answer that uh, that 8-0 run, which canceled out the 12-0 run by, uh, by Liberty, UTEP goes 8-0 after that. Liberty gets five straight points, then there's a camper bucket, and then three straight points, but then Powell gets a layup. And then after a free throw, it's a 4 nothing run. After a three, a 4 nothing run by UTEP. You know, so you, you got to like the way that they were able to, uh, to respond. And doing things like that is what's going to prevent another drought from happening but now the tables have turned now the other team is on the other end yeah and you being UTEP you've been in that position plenty of times before at some point you got to be able to turn the corner and um, tonight at least was just one of those nights where um, you know they they pretty much seen it all and had an answer for anything that Liberty tried to yeah try to do. they flipped the script because if you had UTEP dominating a team like this on the road on UTEP's bingo card at least middle of the season it probably wouldn't happen you 
UTEP winning on the road, sure, that I could see that happening. But for them to get the production they did tonight, I thought that was pretty, uh, you know, remarkable. Uh, it's 19 tonight from Zid Powell. He's taken a lot of heat from people like us on the show or fans, whatever it might be, but he had seven for nine uh, from the field tonight. He also made four for six from the charity stripe. He could have hit 20 points if he made all his free throws in this matchup. 23 minutes, uh, he was plus 17, had three fouls, no steals, no blocks, but I liked his defense tonight. Zid Powell, what a game. I mean, you could really see what UTEP uh, is, you know, their potential really looks like when he is really on on this team. Tay Hardy with 12 points, four assists. I mean, he's playing through it. He's going through something, uh, you know, serious as far as like an injury goes on his shoulder. Also heard that something's up with his ankle as well. So Tay Hardy, you just got to commend his uh, toughness, his willingness to play. Um, Otis Frazier, the third, caps off the weekend. You know, I said it. I'm, I'm going to call it again. I think he should win Conference USA Player of the Week. He played in 26 minutes in this game, 11 points. He was five for 10 from the field and had three steals. So that means this entire week, Sal. 10 steals for Otis Frazier the third. What a week, man. And, and tonight was a light night on the steals. I, I promise. And I'm not even trying to be <laughs> sarcastic just at the rate that this guy's been going. So, sure. um, you know, definitely impressive. And uh, we, we talk about the the ranking for them, so to speak, in terms of steals and being atop the nation, literally. And he's a big part of that. So uh, definitely a big contributor. Yeah, most definitely. Otis Frazier third. I, I just think he needs to win that Conference USA yeah. Player of the Week award for sure. No points for Kevin Callu, but as it was highlighted in the postgame show, plus 23 in terms of efficiency. Uh, was great defensively. Had two blocks. They were they were both emphatic. One of them led to a Liberty technical, Sal, which I, was great. That's, my, that's where... Uh, you know, I got the text from UTEP Zay, which uh, he'll get. He'll come back on the show eventually, maybe for senior night, maybe for the conference tournament. But uh, you know, I I was uh, laughing at myself, or uh, you know, I was laughing at Zay's text to me because he was saying, "Is the Kalu coin?" Starting to trend upward. Does uh does the stock starting to rise right here for crypto <laughs> Kevin Kalu, who is starting to come back just when you counted him you know out, what? Sal, just when I counted him out, I, he's starting to reel you back. I don't even think uh <laughs> coin is, is necessarily a stock, so to speak. It's more of like a like an index fund. It's now like the, a lifestyle, right? It, it's um <laughs> the, the portfolio's been diversified. You know, before it was probably just hey, boards, now it's steals, now it's blocks and, and hustle plays so you're getting a little bit of everything market's been up and down but um it, it was a you held on you it, held on to the coin held on and over <laughs> uh you know over the weekend i checked the stock exchange and they said hey it rose up 1.5 percent so oh my god hey there's investment on that part so, oh my yeah. gosh uh alberto where do you stand on the kevin Callu? i'm still i'm still not all the way back in i'm still pretty much out uh i don't even have my foot in the door yet so i'm still pretty much out what do you think we need to uh, we need to take what he gives us and, and today he didn't give us points but he gave us uh, defensive production so I'll, I'll take that you, you want to see something out of out of the guys so I, th- I feel like um, I'm not asking him to score a million either he, <laughs> so his uh, his defensive production that that's great because you know I feel like it creates a little mojo and it kind of spreads to the other guys. So uh, speaking of mojo, uh, Derek Hamilton did not necessarily have the mojo that they were looking for. He was the one I guess uh, weak point of the defense at times when he was in the game. Ten minutes, zero for one from the field. Didn't feel like he got enough opportunities offensively uh, to really show what he could do. Uh, Calvin Solomon off the bench, sixteen minutes, which by the way that's 
the most in a while for Calvin Solomon, who's kind of been buried behind in the bench. He had three turnovers, and I thought they were pretty costly in this game. He had two points. He had two rebounds. He was active there uh, and came off the bench again. David Terrell Jr., plus 17, 21 minutes off the bench, uh, had two turnovers, but also impacted the game with some uh, three rebounds. He had a pretty significant layup in this matchup as well. Uh, not many minutes from Baylor Hebb, not many minutes from Des- uh, Jonathan Dosanjos in this game, and Trey Horton gets four minutes, so not much for him either. I like to steal in this matchup here in this game as we continue. Uh, 915-505-6009. UTEP defeats Liberty 67-59. That's our score right now. If you'd like to weigh in, you'd like to talk about it, 915-505-6009 before we get out to some awards uh, here on the program. We'll get to a caller. We'll get to awards uh, here in just a moment. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. More in a moment here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Are you back in on this team? Are you glass half full or glass half empty? That's what we're asking right near now here on the show. Now on 5505-6009. Let's go to Mike on the west side who's joining us first on the phone lines. Mike, what's going on? How are you? Hey, that was a good win I didn't see coming. Uh, I didn't see it on TV, but I listened to most of it on the radio. But I, I remember going to the Liberty game in El Paso, and they uh, – they probably Utah probably should have won that game. It was close. I do remember them missing some crucial free throws down the stretch, and then they only ended up losing by two. So it's not totally surprising that they could play with these guys, you know. Yeah, it's not. I mean, look, I, I thought that UTEP was going to lose this game just based on the fact that UTEP doesn't play well on the road. Um, but when you watch them uh, matchup-wise, UTEP should beat these guys 10 out of 10 times. I mean, this Liberty yeah. team, they're pesky. They bank on getting um, real hot in games, and that's pretty much it. That's kind of their bread and butter. And that's what happened at UTEP, right? Uh, UTEP missed a million free throws in that game. It felt like they uh, just couldn't make buckets like they wanted to, and they lost that game at home. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't stand that um, Liberty team. I, I really can't. They're yeah, really annoying remember, and pesky. Yeah, I remember getting there before the game and watching them warm up and watching their layup lines, and I was thinking, are these guys any good? I mean, they didn't look very impressive at all. bunch of short guys and not very athletic looking, and but they kind of got hot there. And uh, like we said, Utah missed their free throws. Seems like free throws and – down the stretch and of course three-point shooting on the road has really been a bugaboo all season sure are you back in mike are do you feel uh better about this team right now uh yeah i'd say getting these two wins on the road definitely okay Uh, yeah i went to that new mexico state game and of course that was probably their best game of the year and they hit i don't know how many threes that game but uh right they usually don't hit that many but yeah that was by far their best game but uh, these two road wins, that's it's pretty impressive. I didn't think they'd win these games at all. Me neither. That's how they struggled. No, me neither, Mike. I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. 505-6009, that's our telephone number here on the program. I mean, Mike brings up some really good points in the fact that uh, UTEP, you know, I'll say this. I thought the first half, Sal, today was their best uh, and most complete first half of the season. I just really liked how the first half they they were on a 20-5 to run uh, to build that lead. I know uh, Liberty cut into it a little bit, but, man, to go on a 20-5 to run, that's pretty impressive right there for UTEP. When is 
when have they done that this entire season? Yeah, it's it's been very rare to see any type of efficiency from uh, from the offense at any point. There, there's been a lot more droughts uh, than there have been big runs uh, this year. I, I do think the first half against New Mexico State was uh, was a solid one. However, you know, all in all, from from all aspects of the floor tonight. I got to agree, they're definitely the best first half. If, if not of the season, the one in a while, or it's up there is top two, top three. 915-505-6009, that's our telephone number as we continue. Leon is next here up on the phone lines. Leon, good evening, man. Thanks for weighing in. What's going on? Hey, good evening, guys. You guys are doing a, a wonderful job this evening. Hey, we got something to celebrate. That's what I'm excited about. I'm even more excited that... We get to give, we get to put it back in their face a little bit, especially when they came here and put mariachis in our football. Uh, yeah, who brought uh, the mariachis over there? They they should have they yeah, should have brought them out on the charter plane and stuff like that. Man, good point. Yeah, well, that's a little bit. Of, we we gave them a little bit back, but yeah, somebody earlier said they kind of they're a pesky team, kind of reminding you of old BYU days. Um, mm. They kind of fit that mantra which I think is pretty interesting. But, hey, listen, going to the game, um, I'm going to bring up a couple of points if you don't mind, but it was great to see them take advantage of the of the mismatch tonight, especially the size and on our guard side, uh, from a camper to a Zid Powell, um, even Corey Camper, and it was nice for them to keep these guys in check, especially the guard that I was so upset about the last game. But something I got to think and I'm really worried about and kind of keep te- teetering on is, Man, I don't know what's up with Solomon. Uh, not on the defensive end or his effort, you know, rebounding, but from an offensive standpoint, I don't even think you can let him handle the ball. I don't know what it is. He's got the worst hands this year in the world, and it's, it's a real regression from last year, and I really think that they need to find a way to, to utilize him but not have him handle the ball so much, maybe a little bit more trash around the, the rim, but even then – He's a little outside. So I think that's, that's, that's uh, one of our Achilles heels. But tonight was great, and um, it's really nice to see two wins. You're going to ask me if I'm in. I'm just going to say, eh. I don't know. Yeah, you're still like uh, you're on the fence right now. If this was a door, you'd be kind of half in, half out. How about that, Leon? I'll, I'll, I'll take it and let's see we get Thursday and going into the tournament. But you guys have a great evening. Hey, we got something to celebrate, and – uh, I wish somebody would have gotten the mariachis. Have a great night, guys. <laughs> good stuff, great Leon. Later. Appreciate it, man. Hey, he brings up a good point on Calvin Solomon, man. Uh, you know, offensively, it's just been this entire year. It's nothing new. Um, you know, he was a conference USA player. Uh, you know, a uh, player that was recognized before the season started for all conference and the preseason po- uh, part. Um, and yeah, he just hasn't been what UTEP needed this year from Calvin Solomon. I know they asked a lot from him uh, to play that five position and to be out of his true role at the four. I think he played great alongside guys like Zarek Onyema, but for some reason, when Calvin Solomon's on the floor with the likes of Derek Hamilton or alongside guys like even Kevin Kalu, it just can't coexist uh, the way he did with Zarek Onyema. And I don't, I'm, I'm not going to excuse him for that. I just think that, you know, they, he has not lived up to the expectations that everybody had on him this entire year. 915 505 that's our telephone number, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter and 600 ESPN El Paso on uh, um, our free mobile app. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Milkman is next. Milkman, good evening, man. What's going on? Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Check it out. You know what that is? I'm opening up a beer to celebrate this win. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, Milkman. Hey, uh, are you back in? Are you glass half full on this team or where are you at? 
Okay, so uh, I would have to say that if, and this is a big if, but if they continue to play this way, I am definitely back in because this is honestly what I saw at the beginning of the season when everybody's like, oh, my God, the stuff we're going to do this year. And then all of a sudden it just dissipated. It just went away. Uh, if they do like – if they play like this, uh, then, yeah, I'm definitely back in. Um, and let, let's face it, everybody said it. Uh, the, the, the Really the only part of the season that counts is a conference tournament. I mean, everything else is kind of just, you know – you're just playing, really. So if they can get themselves in a good, you know, good position for the conference tournament and make a run in that, and you know, I mean, I'm not going to say the the W word, but <laughs> if they, you know, I'm not going to jinx it. But I mean, let's face it, it's a whole new season. They start playing like this, you know. Sure, uh, I I could see that. I mean, I would also say this, Milkman, uh, this year has given you a lot of ups and downs for UTEP basketball, so if they're just hot at the right time, who knows? I mean, you can't necessarily say that that this team has any kind of, um, you know, it's not like I could tell you La Tech is definitively better than UTEP. I can't tell you Sam Houston is better than UTEP. Everybody's kind of on the same level, and if UTEP's hot at the right time, that's what really counts. I think that's probably the thing that disappointed the fans so much is that, man, this conference was wide open for the taking this year, you know? So uh, for them to be at the bottom of the pack when, my God, it was, I mean, it could, they could have easily have taken this thing, you know, and it just didn't go that way. Um, So yeah, I'd have to say, I mean, it's March, right? And that's when you want to be playing good. And to start off March this way is, a uh, hell of a good, hell of a good thing. Uh, by the way, uh, the last caller um, said something that man, he beat me to it. But Liberty really is reminding me of BYU. Like I, you just get that vibe from them. Um, of course, BYU was—they uh, had really good players when we used to play them all the time. But uh, but yeah, that that's that's who they're reminding me of. So. He kind of stole my thunder, but uh, clearly I'm not the only one thinking. No, you aren't, and Leon isn't either. And I appreciate the phone call, Milkman. Great stuff. Uh, Pinky also said this on Twitter and X. So, Sal, a lot of people are associating Liberty with BYU. Um, UTEP's got a new rival, I think, in Conference USA, or a team that they just don't like, fans don't like, and it's Liberty. They just don't like Liberty right now. And uh, I don't blame them. I I think this team is pretty annoying. I'm not a big fan of uh, their, their team's as athletics go it's it's energy that you could feel and you don't like whenever there's even you know something liberty related that's on tv whether it be a highlight and and a lot of that too is is frustration because they're having a lot of good highlights looking at the football team and what they've done basketball team you know going on runs but um they taunt you for it too they they know what they're doing when they're doing it to you yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I like that right there. Uh, let's go back to Twitter next. Uh, Noah at the real Noah G. Joe Golding is too good of a coach to ever count out. Don't underestimate the heart of a champion. Hashtag minor talk. This is coming in from Joe Chacon. He is finally in on the show. He says, Mr. Chacon, that looks like the UTEP flag on the wall in our room, as pointed out by one of my students and fourth graders. This was the sign given to me on Friday. 
that my students and Reese's at Reese's time uh, first one came at night. This one was right smack in the middle of the day. Hashtag it's a sign, and he sends us a picture of like a what's what looks like almost like a pickaxe out of the sky. So Joe Chacon, he's looking for signs and he's finding it right now. Okay, I guess whatever whatever excites Joe Chacon, man. Uh, this is coming in from Trolley Dodger, our pal. UTEP is 2-0 since the Joe Golding fan confrontation. It seems like the Miners and Golding have come together and taken us against every us against everybody attitude. They can be scary on a neutral site. I'm back in from Trolley Dodger. Uh, what do you think about that, Sal? You, you 2-0 know before the fan con or after the fan confrontation. You, you gotta you gotta <laughs> build tradition somehow, some way, but uh, something cool that I was looking at too, Adrian is um, when it comes to UTEP and when it comes to Joe Golding, and I say both, although Golding's at UTEP now, this extends to to Abilene Christian, but um, Joe Golding undefeated on senior day games. Oh, interesting. That's good. Okay. Could this be game number three in a row for Golding? And he continues what he was doing at at Abilene Christian as well. But UTEP uh, hasn't lost a senior day game um, since the – let me just make sure I get this right here. So they got it against Southern Miss March 1st. That was their last one, the 1920 season. So when when we're talking about the um, the – Third decade, essentially, because uh, 2020 now, it's crazy as that sounds, but third decade of uh, of the 21st century and the Miners um, undefeated in those games as well. Nice. Okay, good to know. That's a, that's a good stat as well. I mean, those senior days uh, mean a lot to these people, especially the guys they're going to honor here on the floor on uh, Thursday. So that's a good one right there, Sal. Hey, as we wind things down here on the show, I think all three of us are in an agreement that UTEP's going to win on Thursday against FIU. Um, you know, we can predict all we want as far as standings go, but I think laying out the possibilities is a better way and the better method to go about this. So looks like the fifth or sixth seed, uh, probably going to be the sixth seed when it's all said and done for UTEP, unless they somehow lose on Thursday. So that's probably how it's all going to wrap up. Uh, but again, the Miners, they take on uh, it's Florida International. That's coming up Thursday. They beat Liberty 67-51. This is the largest deficit Liberty has faced at home. Home, uh, since the 2019 season, which is uh, pretty nice for the Miners to hand over to the Flames here in this matchup, especially knowing how uh, how much they've struggled on the road this entire season. Hey, let's hand out some awards here on the program before we wrap up the show. I'll get some reactions from Sal and Alberto on both the awards. Uh, first off, our win supply El Paso hot hand of the game. It's going to go to Zid Powell, 19 points, 7 for 9 from the field, 23 minutes of action. Zid Powell, they've been waiting for a, a game from him uh, like this one, and he delivered. And that is why he is our hot hand of the game, presented by Wind Supply El Paso. Hey, you can stay on schedule with Wind Supply El Paso. See why home builders make them their trusted HVAC system supplier. Check out the Find a Dealer tab online today, windsupplyelpaso.com. Sal, Alberto, what do you think about this one? We'll start with you, Sal. Uh, I like it. Really efficient tonight. We mentioned the 7-for-9 shooting, 4-for-6. Uh, so respectable, at least, from the free throw line. Gets a 3 and um, 2 rebounds as well. No assist. However, my favorite stat of the night, 
zero turnovers for Zid Powell. Good so, point. Uh, so uh, hot hands there, big time. And all of this, Adrian, 19 points in only 23 minutes. So uh, when he was in the game, he was effective for sure. That is going to be our hot hand award winner. Uh, Alberto, you good as well? Yeah, uh, I really like that pick. He gets to the foul line better than anyone else on this minor team. That's a good point, too. I think he, uh, when he has his head down, drives to the basket, gets some contact, uh, he does some good stuff for this team. Let's go over to our player of the game. This is brought to you by Timothy Cantrell. Uh, let's go to Corey Camper Jr. He wins this one. Maybe this first uh, player of the game award here on Minor Talk. 21.6 rebounds, was aggressive, and was everywhere on the floor tonight. 35 minutes of action, 9 for 15 from the field. Uh, He also contributed with one steal. Corey Camper Jr., his uh, career best with the minors and uh, not his career best overall in in college basketball at the JUCO level. He had a 40-point game. In fact, he's had 17, 20 or uh, more point uh, performances at Tyler Jr. College last year. So Corey Camper Jr., you see the scoring upside, 21 points tonight for the minors. He is the player of the game presented by timothy cantrell hey if you're looking to buy or sell your home here in el paso look no further than a trusted real estate agent like timothy cantrell he has great experience and he has great listings and opportunities for you and your family give him a call 915-204-8441 that's 915-204-8441 for timothy cantrell check him out on facebook and instagram at timothy cantrell realtor sal you good with this one Corey camper jr we haven't talked about him as far as a player of the game award yeah. winner here on this show. Yeah, we, we've talked about Corey Camper in terms of highlight plays here and there, the hustle plays that he can um, he can provide for you. But um, showing that he was an anchor tonight, not just a not just a, a flash in the pan. He was able to uh, you know be hot all night. It, it seemed like so great game, and it's an all around game. But coolest stat, and this is probably corny. I don't care, but nine for fifteen. Love that number. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like that. And hey, by the way, you sent me the podcast title before the game even ended. I loved I loved it. Camper Fans Flames <laughs> and the Miners win second road game. I love it, Sal. So you called your shot early in this game, and it was the Corey Camper Jr. game for sure. Alberto, it's good to see that this guy steps up for the Miners despite having zero points on Thursday. How about that? Yeah, he had a little comeback game, and you know, Corey Camper Jr., he threw up the 915, had himself a phenomenal game you know we've talked a lot about David Terrell now it's uh Corey Camper Jr.'s turn and uh I'm sure he's a he has a CUSA um um award in his future I'm sure well I don't know I don't think he's gonna win Conference USA Player of the Week it's it's Otis Frazier in my opinion there's no way I think he'll get um uh I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So I think that uh, David Terrell Jr. is probably poised for another Freshman of the Week award, uh, and he's probably going to win a Freshman Player of the Year for Conference USA, which, I mean, look, this league doesn't have a lot of freshmen, so uh, he should run away with that award. But, yeah, David Terrell Jr., be on the lookout for another award for him uh, for Conference USA Freshman of the Week. Hey, guys, we're winding things down here on the show. Uh, 915 505 
888-900-6009. If you'd like to duck in a late call, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter and X. That's 600 ESPN El Paso online uh, as we continue here on the program. Florida International on deck. Miners have improved to 15-15. and 15. Another thing to mention, Miners have probably salvaged a winning season with tonight's win. Uh, they should beat FIU, so at worst, they would go 500 if they lost in the first round of the CUSA tournament, or at best, they actually distance themselves a little bit and go, you know, a couple games over 500. So I thought, I think a lot of people thought they would go and uh, finish out with a losing record, but it seems like the Miners have actually preserved a winning season here on the, on you know, after this victory here tonight. Let's go to Luis, who's gen- uh, joining us next on the phone lines. He'll wrap us up here on Miner Talk. Luis, what's going on? Shalom. Viva los miners. Viva los miners. I love you guys. Everything is super duper. How about them miners? <laughs> You're back in, Luis, I, huh? Yeah, yeah, man. And you guys are doing, as always, <laughs> a great job. A great job. Is Sal there? Yes. What's up, Luis? Hello, Salvatore. How you doing, man? <laughs> uh, let me take Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Freddy... Freddie, 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 Alberto, the ex, the ex minor, Freddie Reynolds. Are you talking the, about Freddie Reynolds? Reynolds, yeah, Freddie Reynolds. He used to be my 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 oh, classmate. Uh, Luis, we're, we're throwing it back today, huh? Yeah, he, he was when we we were in criminal justice at UTEP. But oh, anyways, man. good stuff, uh, Luis. <laughs> yeah, we'll always be a, a minor. Uh, that's where I graduated, and I love you guys. You have a beautiful evening, and greetings from my beautiful wife, Leticia. Good stuff, Luis, man. Hey, appreciate you, and have a great weekend to you and Leticia. Hey, uh, UTEP, if they get the fifth seed, they would play March 14th as part of the quarterfinals of the CUSA tournament against the fourth seed. That would be a 6.30 mountain time tip-off on March 14th. If they're the seventh seed, they would play that night or the day before it's a Wednesday, March 13th, and they would play against the second seed. If they're the sixth seed, which is probably going to happen, it would be a late tip off. It will be on March 14th against the three seed. And uh, that one would be actually, it looks like a nine o'clock start local time, Sal. So, uh, you know, get wow. ready to uh, stay up for the minors. Is, it could be a, a late night on that so one, the, March 14th. I didn't know the conference USA tournament moved to a Honolulu. That's crazy. <laughs> I like that. Um, Huntsville, Alabama, exactly. Uh, but ha- they usually call it Honolulu of, Al- of uh, Alabama. So there yeah, you go. There we go. Um, if they win that game, it would be a two o'clock tip off the next day, March 15th. So there you go. There's a little snapshot of what to expect for the Conference USA Tournament. Hey, I appreciate everybody listening, calling into the program, and weighing in on UTEP's victory tonight. 67-51 is the final. UTEP over Liberty. For the Oscar at the Agency, they're the presenting sponsor. Thanks to them. For Sal Montes, Alberto Retta, I'm Adrian Brada saying so long, and thanks for listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar at the Agency here on 600 ESPN El Paso.